The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You are tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host, Neelam, and uh, joining me today on the show is my lovely guest, uh, Sadika. Uh, good morning, assalamu alaikum, Sadika. How are you? Good morning. No, I'm fine, Neelam. Assalamu alaikum. How... And it's always lovely to be with you. Oh, it's always lovely. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show because uh, oh. you're you're uh, a lady that's uh, full of so much knowledge and inspiration. So I do love having you on the show. And I know that there's many listeners uh, that do enjoy listening to you and uh, your wonderful um, advice as well. Um, Sadika, how has uh, the week been for you? Um, we have now entered into uh, Ramadan. So how mm-hmm. how has the week of how do you feel about Ramadan? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Neelam, I think the first few days are always a bit of a challenge. Yes. You know, you, our body's getting used to different regulations of food. Uh, so, in fact, uh, the first few days for me, I really do focus on detoxifying my body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, uh, for me, Ramadan, every year, it's like... A chance to really look what is it that is blocking me mm-hmm. from constant access to Allah's Rahma mm-hmm. and what do I need to do in order to reach that and also in a sense to look upon Ramadan maybe it's the last Ramadan I'm going to do so really it's a very wonderful chance just to look whatever age we are we never know what's going to happen Allah is the best of of that but just to really deeply deeply look at myself and say you know what is it what what kind of distractions are there Mm. that are preventing me from allowing Allah's constant wonderful Rahman patience with all of us most of us what is it that I'm not doing and what can I do better in order to um, improve that connection? Mm. Uh, and so that when I do pass away, I go fully, as much as one can anyway, fully sure. conscious of what I've done and what I'm taking to the next world with me. Sure. So for me as well, you know, I have a a marvellous husband and we've got a lovely home, but I can't take any of those things with me Mm. when I go. So I think for all of us, whoever we are, that test is the same of uh, trusting Allah 100%. Mm. And I had a lovely text from a friend of mine in Saudi Arabia saying this, and it was so beautiful that we are just puppets Mm. of Allah. So in other words, we're doing his work. We have nothing to do with it in a way other than just allow him to work through us and feel honoured by that. Yes, yes. So, uh, th- that's, yeah. Sorry, Sadika. That's a lovely introduction uh, to how Ramadan's um, being for you. Um, I, I wanted to go into a bit more depth, but before we do so, um, uh, Sadika, I, I wanted to wish the uh, listeners um, a Ramadan Mubarak, um, and I pray that this is a um, productive and beneficial month for us all uh, where we are able to uh, really engage in uh, not just fasting uh, but actually in um, other activities as well so uh, in today's show uh, Sadika and I are going to be um, looking at uh, Ramadan preparations now listeners as usual we are reaching out through the airwaves at Inspire FM 105.1 FM we are also uh, able to be able to uh, access um, via the Inspire FM webpage I also welcome the listeners of Salam Radio where the show is now reaching out to listeners in uh, Peterborough and surrounding areas now um 
This blessed month is not only, uh, you know, restraining ourselves from eating uh, between certain hours of the day, but it's also um, increasing certain acts of worship as well. Uh, so listeners, uh, grab a pen and paper and uh, get ready to jot down some notes, inshallah, because uh, I have no doubt that Sadika will have some wonderful advice for the listeners. Uh, she beautifully introduced the show and what Ramadan meant to her uh, at the beginning. Um, we are going to be discussing how we can work uh, on ourselves from an internal and external perspective uh, with uh, in this blessed month. Now, before starting the show, I just wanted to give a brief definition of uh, what Ramadan was. Now, this Ramadan I um, definition I have found from uh, Wikipedia, which is just online, um, but actually it's quite a nice um, definition because it does sum it up quite well as to what Ramadan means, although to us, uh, Ramadan brings up so many other uh, definitions, but this one puts it in a nutshell. So it's one of the five pillars of Islam in which Muslims observe fasting from dawn to sunset. It's a time of spiritual reflection, improvement and increased devotion in worship. Um, I've lost myself in worship. And it's also um, a time where um, the uh, Quran um, was uh, revealed as well. So um, this is a time where the uh, Muslims try to engage in reading the Quran. Now, um, my guest Sadika briefly uh, introduced how Ramadan has been for herself. Now, if you haven't had the uh, pleasure of meeting her before, um, she has come on uh, shows with me before. I would like uh, Sadika to just briefly introduce herself to you uh, listeners. And um, then uh, Sadika, what does Ramadan mean to you? But first, can I just get you to briefly introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, well, um... I am, I've lived in Luton, my husband and I have lived in Luton for about 20 years uh, and very luckily I've been blessed enough to have lived in many different countries, mm. working in them uh, and I think it's probably travel to me was such an amazing and extraordinary experience uh, of really looking at other cultures and the fact that I've lived in different, as I said, different places uh, and ironically, I think that the travel was an outer journey for me to come back home into myself, in a way. So, uh, yes, I used to teach at the university. I was working in China, doing radio and TV programs for Chinese television and radio. Uh, I've written a couple of books as well on how to teach in an interesting way. So I think my passion, in a way, has been... Uh, education in the right kind of way mm. not to have stressed teachers to make as you do Neil I'm sure to be a conscientious yes. uh, teacher and I think for me the communication that I've been able to experience from speaking from the heart it won't work if you haven't mm. experienced something uh, and yes looking at my husband and I we're now in our late 70s mm. uh, but we're both active really we both keep very active uh eating healthy diets and i think we're all constantly challenged neelam in a way in that whatever age you are you can't sit back and relax no even in a way you can relax physically obviously but in a sense you can't relax spiritually so mm. you can't say i'm just going to stop doing the prayers because i'm here you have to continue the journey yeah. so I feel I'm always at the beginning of a new journey and that's marvellous. Yeah, it's a lovely way of looking at it. And, and I like the way you say that because um, it, is, it is quite easy to say that, oh, I've done my, my bit. But I mean, mm -hmm. I suppose whenever Ramadan comes, um, it's a time for everyone to reflect and everyone sort of double thinks that, am I doing enough? So it's a, it's a nice month to also reflect on those acts of worship. And as you say, the spiritual connection, because that is something that we, we all, we all do. Um, and I know, um, you know, I'm guilty of it myself that but when Ramadan comes, I say, right, okay, I'm not going to waste my time in front of the television. I'm not going to waste my time shopping unnecessarily or going online and doing this and doing that. So, you know, I disconnect from all that. And I think, how can I uh, connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how can I increase in my ibadah? So, you know, in my worship uh, to um, Allah. So I think it is a, a time where people do think um, 
And I like the way you say that every every day you see is a new journey and it's not um, you're not doing the same thing every day. You're just trying to think, how can you make it even better? And I love the uh, spirit you and your husband have, because I can I can you you connect with nature so well. Uh, You've mentioned Mm. that you pray in the garden. And I've told so many people this. And I think that that in itself just speaks volume because you were connecting with nature you were connecting with the las panas uh, creations and you know you're making your prayer your salah even more beautiful than what it is when you're in your home and your time constraint as a busy mum you know I'm guilty of thinking I need to get it done quickly so I can go and address the baby and the children and things like that but actually when you're outside um it's a whole different level. It's a whole different level of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sadika, I wanted to ask, um, so how long um, has it been since you've um, uh, reverted to Islam? Well, probably about 25 years, 25, 26 years. Mm-hmm. And every Ramadan has been different for me, actually. Okay. In that, uh, thank goodness as well. Yeah. I think, as I said before, you can never become complacent. Mm. Okay, So I think... We can tend to think, oh, yes, I've got it. I've had a wonderful spiritual experience and blah, blah. And the next day, the nafs comes up and says, ah, ah, you are not in charge. Allah is in charge. Neelam, I think that is the, you know, for me to really, um, really, really go deeper into myself. And as I said, going into garden, Mm. doing spiritual work outside is very, it's a marvellous, marvellous healer. And our blessed prophet used to pray outside. Mm. I think the fact that um, we're not very grounded, I've mentioned this before, mm. uh, but I go out as much as I can barefoot mm. because I can, therefore, it's wonderful just doing maybe five or 10 minutes barefoot outside. Wow. You get grounded quickly, you become a tree. <laughs> you know, it may think a bit funny, but I think using your creative imagination. Uh, to help you keep in balance as well yes so that is it so at first I tell you what happened at first I think my family wondered what on earth happened to her because I became over religious okay I kind of denied the family and I think oh they all said you're a real misery Mm. and I realized Neelam that Allah didn't want that from me yeah but he wanted me to uh, be who I am within the sharia And that's really important for me, just to be who I am, to be myself, to be joyful and just accept where I am. And I think the family now are quite relieved. Yes, they see a more happier person now. Much happier. For me, I think my journey was, oh, my goodness, I need to be miserable. Otherwise, you know, Allah will punish me. And then I realized slowly, slowly that the journey is not that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you've kind of explained at the very beginning um, what Ramadan meant for you and how you uh, foresee Ramadan. Uh, and as obviously, mashallah, being a Riva into Islam for about 25 years now, um, as you say, each Ramadan brings its own challenge and brings its own differences. I mean, uh, sadly, in the last couple of years now, last year, we had... Um, we, we were in a pandemic, so everything was shut. So, you know, connecting with the mosques and having those gatherings and those iftars, it was all gone and it was everything all in the home. And, you know, mashallah, alhamdulillah, everyone really got together and pulled together and technology was our answer to everything. And we were able to re- engage in, in the congregational prayers and things like that still, but it was all... Um, being at home and connecting at home so for yourself um i mean how how has ramadan uh, do you find that each year as you said it brings challenges and i think you know what changes what do you find is um difficult fasting in the lockdown or the pandemic do you do you find it's a, a challenge or do you think actually i do neelam i think all of us if we're really honest we do yeah I desperately miss the social side. You know, I'm a very sociable being. Therefore, if I don't have good company, 
yeah. you know, to, that that is really a big challenge uh, for yeah. both. Well, I think my husband, I think very often men don't need their women friends, but <laughs> no. as much as we say no. we had a wonderful day about a week ago, we just met in the park, mm. three ladies, and I, we all said, my goodness me, this is absolutely wonderful mm. meeting people. But we can't do that. And I think that for me has been really a, a huge, huge challenge. Yes. But to see that in a way, you know, as I said before, we do need friends, we do need company as well. But it's all part of our journey towards Allah. Mm. But in the end, everything can become an attachment, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, social, the friends. I think, oh, yes, I'm feeling a bit weird. I'm just mm. going to phone a friend. But in fact, I don't need to phone that friend now. Yes. I just need to say this is actually a subtle form of escape yes Yes. you know we do need things I need my husband and a lovely home but yet all these things are impermanent in an end in the end and I think that is a huge challenge for many people is allowing ourselves to let go of these things and Mm -hmm. allow things to uh just show themselves in a more natural way and yes so that for me has been a huge challenge but hopefully inshallah we're going to meet with a couple of friends and eat outside but it's still that social thing that it isn't the same thing yes and and i think um as the lockdown's easing and i'm noticing this more with my own children i mean as you know uh, i had a baby in the lockdown so uh, she is not used to seeing people at all i mean thankfully i've got lots of children that keep her busy at home and she sees me and she sees her siblings so she's used to faces and used to that connection but she does find it strange looking at other people outside i mean um my neighbor was just i'd done some shopping and i I had her with me and usually she's sleeping but she's getting that much older now where she just wants to be involved in everything that I do or anything that's going on so sleeps totally out the window with her she doesn't know what sleep is at the moment and so oh. um, she she was in my arms and my neighbor said oh I've not seen her for such a long time and I said oh look hello say hello and she just looked at her really bizarrely like who are you and I just said to her she does not she doesn't she's not used to seeing people so I think we're as lockdown eases off all these babies that have been born in the lockdown are going to find it very hard to connect with other people that are not family members their immediate family members that they're used to seeing and you know even us as people that haven't had I mean you know as you say we were very social we would meet in the park would go out for a coffee or would meet up for lunch or would have somebody over for lunch not having that to now trying to go back to that way there's going to be a bit of a barrier is going to be a bit of a fear of are we ready to do this just yet or is it too soon are you going to be so conscious about things i think a lot of people are really going to struggle with the social aspect of how to do things and and um you know i i this year ramadan is slightly different because the mosques have opened up and they are restricting the numbers that they're taking and there is a booking service with some of the bigger mosques um so that if you wanted to go and pray the tarawih prayers and everything um so sadika do you do the tarawih prayers sorry yes yes yeah. we do yes yes, yes. we do and uh, i think that's a huge blessing as well yeah because again, it's quite difficult to do. Yeah, uh, we do them at home, you know. But again, that is part of the challenge of Ramadan: mm. is that you need to face your what your nafs wants to do yes. and what Allah wants you to do. Mm. And again, doing the salat consciously, Neelam, I think, uh, really, really, is this the last one I'm going to do? Mm. You know, to really looking at our salat so that we can improve uh, that consciousness that awareness Mm. uh that we've been taken away from really through phones media things that escape from that you Mm. know busy mums like you you know not only there are so many people who are you know how can i say their timetables were so full Mm. you know and i think taken us away from this aspect of allowing ourselves to look within so the prayer all of those prayers are wonderful gifts for us to be present you know when you ask me Neil, what what is my thing I think my 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 aim 
is to be as present as I can, you know, and to develop that kind of dignity and presence that, uh, you know, that the prophets had as well. And to look upon everything that happens with the prophetic example. He yeah. was calm. Mm. He was and also looking at, uh, we had a lovely talk the other day uh, about Zainab, how marvelous she was. Mm -hmm. These women who faced all sorts of things. How can I complain about Salat yeah. when these women were losing their lives for truth? Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a marvelous example for me and how that, you know, the prophet was challenged constantly. So yeah. when we're challenged with that kind of challenge, it helps me hugely to think of that example. To, yeah. And to say stuff and there we go. Yeah. And, and it Just puts it into perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I agree with you because, you know, when you say that the prophet Sallallahu had um, faced many challenges and sometimes when you, when you're, when I read them and I think if I really put myself in that position, I know that my way of handling that situation and how I would deal with that situation, you could, you, you know, once or twice you could say, okay, I could do it, but to continue and be in that manner and not flip and not turn and not get angry. It's very, very hard. And, you know, it's, sometimes you read these things and you think, yes, I can do that. I can do that. But actually when you put yourself in that situation, it's a very different story altogether. So looking at Ramadan, um, I mean, it brings its blessings. Uh, we know that the shaitan is locked up in this month. Uh, so the little whispers that we hear beyond Ramadan uh, is not there to get us to go off astray. Um, but, you know, obviously the shaitan has stirred all the things that's in us. And if, if we can deviate, that's because the shaitan's left that impact on us. Um, what do you do um, as, as a, a couple at home? Uh, do, you, do you do anything different in the home? Do you prepare the house? in any way Ramadan is coming so we need to do this do that yeah we do that's right Leela no it's a joke with my husband and I because actually I'm going we are quite untidy yeah so we've decided to make the resolution to put things away okay. because we're quite busy we yeah. tend to you know so I said to my hubby we really need to look at that and we've got a lovely home Neelam as well alhamdulillah uh but really I think for me uh I've always had a bit of a dilemma of enjoying the home, but not becoming too attached to it. It's a, you know what I mean? It's a funny yeah. thing. So yes, we, uh, we keep the home as uncluttered as we can, and we are going to do that. And our resolution is to put things away. And it's such a challenge yeah. because when you're busy, put things up, you know, you probably say to your kids, put things away and they don't. And yeah. I realize I've got, something in me that doesn't always put things away. So that's our resolution. And also to make the energy in the house um, how conducive. So that means really uh, doing, you know, doing the fatah in different corners as well. Yes. And, uh, and, and also clearing the energy within the house mm. in ways that are, you know, really are lovely. We, we may just simply just clap our hands in each corner just mm. to clear the energy. Mm. Interestingly, my husband's African mm. and the original African houses were round because yeah. of the energy going round. Isn't that lovely? So we live in a peculiar way in that our houses have corners in them that get stuck. So I think for us, it's really important to look at ways of keeping the energy in the house wonderful and clear and doing a lot of course in the rooms helps a lot and burning incense and also essential oils all these things just to make the home like a like a retreat really and again just to say i can't get too attached to my house either you yeah. know just to enjoy what allah has given us because honestly neelam i can never ever complain because i have everything here alhamdulillah yes yes and, and i just uh, that's I mean uh, we are going to be doing another show uh, I have got another show lined up where we are looking at gratification and and being grateful mm. for those things that are around us as well but that is something that you know when and I think when you say that you don't want to get too attached I think that should be the reminder to ourselves just be grateful so it's mm. not showing that this is this is my everything because I I find 
I don't find it so much with my home and things in my home. I, I find that with my children. So when I when mm. I have my children and I have them around me, and, and I'm sure many, many mums listening in have the same feeling as well. But when you are around your children and you see them, um, it might they may not see it because I'm constantly telling them off or telling them to straighten this out mm. and tidy that up. But I do have this um crazy connection with them where I just I I feel like I cannot leave them and I think mm. that you know it's just trying to find that they are a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you must treat them well nurture them well raise them well because this that's going to be my sadgajariya so once I've mm. passed on my children are going to live on with the things that I've taught them and if I've taught them well raised them well anything that they do will hopefully become a reward for myself so I think that's the constant reminder that I give myself um and it, it, they're the things that I say I'm conscious of time because um uh, I, I love talking to yourself Sadika because we we can oh, talk for a, a, a long time and and it's a it's a <laughs> spiritual connection that we have and I do like the the conversations that we have because it's a good reminder of things and and how uh, Ramadan is um changing us and how it's a good time to reflect on how we're being now listeners um i am joined by the lovely uh, sadika uh, we are talking about ramadan preparations uh, so stay tuned for more tips and suggestions on making the best of your home in uh, ramadan uh, but for now take a rest from jotting down your notes and uh, join us inshallah um after the break um assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum and good morning. Welcome back to Mother's Planet. It's Friday 16th of April and the time is now 10.30. I'm your host Neelam and joining me on the show today is my guest Sadika. Assalamu alaikum Sadika. Alaikum wassalam Neelam. Uh, so Sadika and I have been uh, discussing uh, Ramadan, more so how Ramadan um, is for uh, Sadia, uh, Sadika and how it is in her home preparations that she does um, around the house to prepare herself. Um, and I think we've talked more about the um, external side of things um how we prepare the home and how we get things tidied up um i love the way sadika's uh, vowed to make sure her and her husband put things away this ramadan so uh, they're going to pick things up and put them in the right places and hopefully have a, a clutter-free home and i'm sure many listeners are are doing the same um i had a big declutter as well i've gone through all the children's clothes that they're growing out of it's amazing mashallah how quickly they grow and how um we just put them at the back of the drawers and then you forget about them and then you think actually that's now really small for you and I think it's better off in another home so uh, we have been decluttering um our drawers now listeners it's time to pick up your pens again and jot down some notes because Sadika and I are going to be uh, sharing some tips as to how you can make the most of Ramadan now, Sadika, looking at Ramadan, uh, we've talked about it from an external perspective, cleaning the home, lighting candles, um, reading, um, praying, and they're all things that we're doing outwardly. Um, now, looking at it from an internal perspective, how do you, you said you look at it as a, a detoxifying yourself. So how do you work on the inward you? On the inward, mm. you know, I, I use a lot of well I do a lot of um qigong exercise or yoga which I find is honestly absolutely lovely I have a book on qigong and Chinese the way the Chinese medicine works which is so spiritual mm -hmm. and it's looking at how our bodies are messengers really and how we can do work yeah with our bodies. uh sorry the phone's just going but then so how we can uh, work on our bodies yeah the breath using yoga using qigong yeah and if you go on the internet there are lovely exercises mm. which look at using that um and so i would use the breath very much vicar i think is wonderful so again i was thinking the other day just writing down the vicars that helps you to uh, cleanse yourself mm. the favorite ones and and you do using those but 
really going into them, not just saying, you know, la, 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 but really yeah. what that mean? You know, la, 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 there is no other God than God. Yeah. And I am representative. Yeah. So physically, I will walk, do a lot of walking. Uh, I will also do a lot of, you laugh at this, but I will dance. I just love dancing mm. or moving. Yeah, I, I think you're amazing for a lady of your age you know forgive me for if you find if, if I don't mean to be rude with that but mm. I can't stand up and dance after having my baby I I sort of stand up and I think oh my bone oh my back oh my this so for you to be dancing I just think you're doing amazing Sadika. I don't know how oh, where you yeah. find the energy from but once this oh. lockdown nonsense is finished I, I'm going to have to join you and you're going to have to show me some of this qigong that you do and hopefully I'm Neil and so that's what I do really um, and then I really am strict about diet okay yes. and the yes. interconnection now I'm going to be really judgmental here but I was a bit horrified to get a leaflet the other day from Ramadan advising food for Ramadan mm. okay I said to Mahabi oh my goodness me it was coca-cola okay a lot of coca-cola and uh, deep fried chicken with lots of spice. I mean, not all of it was like that. I said to my hubby, you know, these people are looking at Ramadan in the wrong way. You know, I know it's a huge attachment for many people mm. to have the Coca-Cola and, and what have you. But in fact, for myself, I have to be mega careful mm. what I eat, how I break my fast. Um, and that is is and and so I think that is incredibly important. Mm. You know that we're going to talk as well at the kind of food to eat. Absolutely. So yes, and therefore I think just being in thicker to go back, you know, constant thicker, uh, and just again looking at the breath as a way of cleaning our bodies out. How you can actually just very very quickly with the right intention say Allah I just want to clean out this I can feel I've got a stiffness here and you allow the breath just to melt that out and return it to the earth it's really lovely yeah so uh because I do love nature and I find you know just walking in the woods very quickly alhamdulillah you know just looking at the trees and nature mm. and how we can learn from that yeah uh, Absolutely. And I think when it comes to the inward, you've hit the nail on the head. Most of it is to do with what we're actually putting in our body. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's so important. And I think because of um, now, I mean, Ramadan at the beginning, we've got quite a nice few hours. It's not, they're not very long. Last year, we had quite long fasts. They were about 18 hours plus. So this year they're starting, I think, at around 16, 14 to 16 hours. So they don't seem so, so long at the beginning, but that's, going to slowly stretch as we enter May and the, the hours are going to get a bit longer as well. Mm. Um, and, and so you have to really think about what you're putting into your body because the, the time that we have between uh, the Tarawi prayer, the breaking our fast, the Tarawi prayer, and then having your suhoor again, the eating gap that we have is such a short window that you have to be mm. so, so careful about how much you eat at the time of iftar and then how much you can then eat again at the time of suhoor. So I, I laugh mm. with my friends because the ones that are non-Muslims that say to me, how do you, how do you cope? And I said, you know, it's bizarre because you think oh goodness me how am I going to cope with not eating but I found that sometimes in Ramadan all I'm doing is eating because you've, mm -hmm. you've opened your fast you've done your salah you've probably had a little power nap or in my case tidied up and thought right okay let's get ready for sore and you're eating again so I did mm -hmm. say to her that um when I, uh, I think the year last year I didn't fast because I was pregnant. Um, but the year before, when I was fasting, um, of the thirty fasts, I think there was about ten that um, I fasted without a suhoor, not intentionally because I'd overslept, just woken up in time for fajr, and I thought, oh, I missed suhoor. But I actually coped, and I thought, oh God, today I'm going to be mm -hmm. a nightmare. I don't know how I'm going to cope with it but if, I, if anything I laughed at my husband because I said I actually feel more energetic not having had a school and I just and I think Allah gives you that strength where you worry so much that how am I going to cope without food or and you know to do 10 fasts and some of them were consecutive um to not 
have a suhoor uh, and that wasn't intentional and I don't recommend this mm. to anybody it was purely just because I'd over exhausted myself and I was mm. just tired and um, alhamdulillah I was waking up for fajr at least and praying my fajr but it'd be like oh shucks I missed my suhoor again but you know it I actually had so much more energy that time so it's mm. it's very important that we really do consider what we are putting into our bodies now before um I get you to talk about um, foods and any recommendations that you have. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ramadan is split into three. We have mercy, forgiveness and safety. How do you mm. see this? OK, yes, the first 10 days, Neelam, I look at the physical cleansing, really getting the body cleaned out and purified, really, because I think the whole idea of Ramadan really is purification, uh, and restraint, really restraining ourselves. Yeah. And just to cut you off and, and say, yes, you know, with, with the Sahur thing, oddly enough, I have found just having a few dates and water has given me the energy for the rest of the day, alhamdulillah. And that in a sense, eating less for me anyway, mm -hmm. has given me more energy, you know, rather than stuffing myself in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I do. I listen to my body and 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 how our prophet lived, bless him, in, in that he was able to maintain energy just with a few dates, almonds and some warm water yeah. and the intention from Allah, please Allah, help me get through this. And I feel better okay. if I eat less. You yeah. know, I don't recommend it for everybody. I'm just yeah. saying, and you said yourself that I'm amazed at how you can cope with the dates and the water yeah. and eating far less then because our bodies are not used to it yeah yeah and, really, and, I, really. and I think you know eating like that as you said at the beginning of the show it's a detox because I did find yeah. that you know and I, I'm sure lots of people over lockdown with <laughs> boredom has just made us turn to food and so yes mm. we will go and grab something out the cupboard or make this and you know and, and at the beginning I was getting really experimental baking for British Bake Off you know I could have gone on the show and done lots of cakes because I was just mm -hmm. baking cakes lots and lots of cakes and you know consuming mm -hmm. those cakes as well so I think it's lovely that Ramadan's come at such a perfect time because things are easing off we're, we're going to slowly start reconnecting with people and it's nice to just let our bodies detox and um, mm -hmm. you know get rid of all these toxins that we've accumulated over the last year or so eating all the wrong things and grabbing food at the time that we shouldn't have done but um, mm -hmm. I really wanted to focus um, because um, for me when I looked at Ramadan as a child I just saw it as 30 days it's 30 days of fasting it's refraining from food it's refraining from you know a bad talk backbiting things that you know sometimes are guilty of doing on a daily basis it's a real conscious month where you are really thinking about what you are saying what you are doing your acts count your words count everything that you do count so it's so important that we are engaging in the right way and doing the right thing I never saw Ramadan as um, three separate blocks of 10. So we've got the first 10 days, the middle 10 days and the last 10 days. And as soon as I got older and I saw that breakdown, it just changed the outlook of how I saw Ramadan. It just meant so much different for me. And the first 10 days is the 10 days of mercy. Now, um, for me, the first 10 days of mercy, I see it as such a blessing because we are trying to adjust to a certain way of eating, a certain way of sleeping. We are increasing our salah, our acts of worship. It's all a challenge. And it's it's just so beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with the first 10 days of just his mercy, where we, what we are doing, Allah is being merciful and we are trying to adjust. So how do mm. you, I mean, do you set different tasks for each each of the 10 days, you know, um, yes, you no, I do actually. yeah, and uh, you know, it's so beautiful what you've just said about Allah's mercy mm -hmm. in the first 10 days as we struggle and everything. Uh, and again, for me, I think for a lot of people, it probably is a bit of a physical challenge. You're detoxing, you've got a headache, uh, you know, because that's a natural process of, of the detoxification and so on. Uh, so the, the first 10 days, I look at in a sense, as you say getting the body and 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 use uh, uh, and the mind as well having yeah. the mindset as well uh, used to the 
the challenges. And the second, so as you go through Ramadan, and I think the second day, the next half of it is really looking more at the, perhaps for me, the emotional side. What kind mm -hmm. of habits, <laughs> nasty bits and pieces of me coming up? Mm. So I'll ask names here. I mean, I'm all the way through Mahabi and I'm making a very good timetable because yeah. I think, again, it's a balance of keeping busy yeah. during Ramadan and yeah. so that you can enjoy the last 10 days in the way they should be. Yeah. But we have goals that we do. So quite a strict timetable right. where we, you know, we're going to do so lot and we're going to do a lot of Quran reading and so on. Mm. And then we do things like, um, yes, also giving charity where we can. Yes. And that does you, you can be a smile or can actually every day maybe giving an act of charity. It could be a phone call. Yeah? It could be something or giving money to something. So looking at that more, the, the, the second end days, I think, are probably once the old bodies got used to fasting, mm. then the second 10 days may come up with habits that you really do need to get rid of. Yes, mm. attachments and so on. Mm. And uh, as you say, Neelam, the huge attachment we've had to food during lockdown yeah. you know even though i eat healthily mm. you know i have to confess that i have run to the kitchen and I thought great i'm just gonna have these whatever it yeah. is to eat so whatever you are even if you're eating a healthy diet uh even that can be an attachment you yeah know? because i'm really as you say our attachment to food is massive mm. yes so the second time out best friend Food has become mm. our best friend through lockdown. I mean, we've not been able yes. to connect with people, so we're connecting with food. Yes, yes. So I think really asking Allah, you know, to help us with that, to to restrain our appetites, because Ramadan is really restraint. So uh, the last 10 days would be where we can spend as much time as we can, maybe in silence. I know it's difficult if you've got kids, <laughs> but I think, you know, in an ideal world, the last 10 days uh, are when you really go into yourself and you've been emptied out as much as possible. Yeah. Right? So the thing is with the kids and everything that you have, Neil, and that I don't have that, mm. my challenge as an older person would be to see uh, the, yes, the way that I really need to um, look at my thinking, everything, mm. what is detoxifying my you know, system as well. So to spend as much time as I can cutting off the senses, if you like. Yeah. And by the senses, I mean appetite, you know, to really, if, if you've worked on the first, and you've looked at Allah's names and thicker and Quran and made a nice timetable for yourself, mm. And then the last 10 days, you can really, as much as you can, benefit from going into silence, actually cutting off, uh, closing the eyes and going to a beautiful place in yourself mm -hmm. silently mm. as much as you can. And, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, keeping a diary. You know, I look every year, actually, during Ramadan, I keep a diary. And when I look at last year's diary, I think, hmm, you know, I know all this stuff, actually, but I always need to be reminded. Yes. So let's say that Ramadan is a reminder, whatever age you are, however much you think you know, and all that knowledge is from Allah anyway. So uh, gratitude and emptying out. So I would say, you know, we hear a lot about uh, the way of emptying out, being empty. Mm. Right? So I think the fact of being empty is a huge uh how can I say, a, a huge challenge mm -hmm. uh, for us to remain empty because of all the distractions that we have. Absolutely. So as much as we can, mm. the last 10 days, just to say to the family, maybe, I'm going to 15 minutes, I'm just going to shut everything off mm. and close your eyes and just close off from smell anything so yeah. that you can actually just for a few minutes come into contact with something that we all share. Yes. Yes, no, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, I, and I, I uh, like the fact that you are um, really trying to make the most, most of it and your timetable sounds fantastic because that's something I always look back and I think, oh, I wish I had given myself some structure to, mm. to Ramadan because at the end of Ramadan, and I remember, and, I, and I'm sure many listeners can um, relate to this, but when Ramadan comes to an end, 
the last few days, there's an overwhelming emotion and we, and I can't help but cry. You know, at the beginning, we're so nervous. How are we going to cope? How are we going to cope? And then when we're in the middle of it, the, the, the mm. 10 in the middle, when you hit the, the 10th Rosa uh, uh, fast, you got to the number 11 fast from 11 to um, 20. When you get to them, those fasts, you, you are in a, you're on a bit of a honeymoon phase. You're you're really in drive, full drive of how you're doing with your uh, fasting. You're you're used to eating in the certain way that you're eating. Sleep's no longer an issue. You're not really worried about sleep, and it's actually a nice time. And that's when forgiveness comes into it. And that's when mm. because we're at our peak and we're feeling so good, it's our time, as you say, to do small acts of uh, um, charity, giving giving charity. I know lots of people. People pay their zakat in in the month of Ramadan because you earn extra rewards. Anything that you do that's good is just going to triple and double, and inshallah we will get rewarded for more in Ramadan. So we see it like that. But when we come towards the end of Ramadan, the last the last ten days, it's it's a bit of an emotional drive. It's yeah. quite sad yeah. because as you say we don't know if this is going to be our only Ramadan if if, if we're going to get the chance to see it through again next year mm -hmm. and so you question whether you've done enough so I love the fact that you've made this timetable and you are being productive about how you're spreading your acts of worship through and you're engaging with the Quran and um making sure that you understand it so there you go listeners that's a really good tip there you know draw up a timetable we know that the the month has been split into box uh, blocks of 10 try and do an, a different act of worship that you can engage in for the first 10 the second 10 and the last 10 and the last 10 being the most emotional stage because we are bidding almost goodbye to ramadan and not sure if we're going to be blessed with the opportunity again so i like the the, the timetable idea and i and i think that's something that the listeners could really benefit from now um being conscious of time and knowing that i really want to get the idea and tips of things to eat and foods to avoid now we talked about internally trying to detoxify ourselves and that the key to that really is making sure we are eating the right things so we, do you as, as you said dates is one of the big things uh you have at suhoor and uh water and, and and things like that they're the things that you encourage are there any other foods that you found really work well for you in ramadan well i think again neiland it's eating simply that's what we we do we don't we don't overeat mm -hmm. again our prophet said that we need to be a third of water a third of food and a third of air mm. you see do overeat and i think that very often blocks us a little bit so but things that i i would recommend i think you can have a lovely uh you can make lovely soups so that you make sure that you get enough liquid mm. so those could be chicken soup or it could be veg in making really nice soups as mm -hmm. well Mm. Um, we eat probably, I find for my system, the kind of Mediterranean diet suits me most, which would be uh, enough, lots of vegetables, lots of fruit. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and I would say meat as well. I do need meat myself. I know people say you don't really need meat, but I actually do need meat. So mm. it's really, I think, eating slowly mm. um, and yogurt is lovely or hummus yeah. all these lovely natural foods that you can get berries are wonderful Neeland so you know if people do want to have a zahor that is more nourishing and can manage it at that time mm. things like I would say uh things like um cereals or porridge yeah yes, porridge strawberries and yeah. berries okay mm. and and you can you know, they're really lovely as well and also uh I would say things like uh, we, we eat quite a lot of baked potatoes and mm -hmm. then we, uh, we we use I use when I'm cooking in order to make things taste really lovely. I might make a spinach soup yeah. and I'll put lots of dill with it uh, okay, to make it. And it tastes wonderful, Neil. And so I think experimenting with herbs as well. Yeah. But we do use the Mediterranean diet. We find that suits best. And I think they people who live longer do eat like that. Yes. So you are eating protein, yeah. you're eating enough protein, but you're taking in a lot of liquid through the vegetables that you eat. Yeah. And, so and I think that's really key there um, because we are guilty of, once we do eat a protein-based meal, 
we solely make it a protein-based meal. So it's really good to find that balance. And Islam and everything we do in Islam is all about balance. So we should make our meals balanced. So, you know, having a protein, make sure you are having the carbs with it. And you are Mm -hmm. having, I I think um, my husband and I have really made it very strict now, whatever we are having, be it lentils, be it soup, we are having a big bowl of salad or, and this is Mm -hmm. vegetable salad, cucumbers, tomatoes, lettuce, all the good salads or a bowl of vegetables with our meal because it's so important that we have that as you said it's very um hydrating uh, I'm just conscious of time um but I just wanted to add one thing that um I really found worked for myself I don't know if you've tried it um Sadika, but I found that coconut water um you buy the real 100% coconut water uh, and you know it's genuine because on the pack it says you have to consume it within 24 hours so once you've opened mm-hmm. it, you really have to finish it so I tend to buy the smaller cartons and I will have mm-hmm. half at the time of my uh, suhoor and I will have half mm-hmm. at the time of my iftar so I've gone through a little carton but I've had enough co- and that I actually found really hydrated Ooh, me. Lovely. it was yeah. a very hydrating drink I didn't find that I needed to drink because we're all guilty of this that the two three minutes before the fast close you're just drinking glasses and glasses of water Mm. and then if you're trying to go back to sleep you can't because you're just up Mm. going to the toilet you are flushing Mm. all that water out so by the time Mm. you actually start your day you've emptied yourself Mm. of the water so I found Mm. that coconut water it's got that there is that oily taste to it a little bit more than just plain water and there is that sweetness to it as well it does actually keep you very hydrated through the day so I highly recommend uh, investing in some good coconut water I also um, I'll do the same actually uh, yeah do do that and the other one is um, just before closing your fast, just having a couple of slices of cucumber. Now, lots of people complain of a headache um, uh, in their fast. They find that they get a, a bit headachey. Um, cucumber is really good. It's again, um, a cold, soothing thing. Mm. Uh, the Prophet Sallallahu used to actually have uh, dates with cucumber and they used to feed that to mm. Hazrat Aisha. So uh, it is it is a sunnah way of eating as well. So I highly recommend that. Now I've got about 30 seconds left of the show. Um, uh, so just anything that you think would um, be beneficial for the listeners, um, uh, Sadika. I'll give you about 10 seconds because I've, um, <laughs> I've got a quote that I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Really, Neelam, I think just looking holistically at Ramadan, that nothing is divorced from anything. Our minds fed, our bodies and our spirits are interconnected. Don't overeat, I think, really, as you said. I mean, as much as you can, try to see how it goes because you will have more energy. I find that. Thank Thank you. Salam alaikum, listeners. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream? at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.